0: Great movie, not a horror movie. What? Did you not stay for the end? It's different opportunities to see basically the same film. Sex, Grace, Parasites. That's right. <laughs> well,
1: Laughter. just look at those sheep. I mean, how can you not be laughing? Welcome. It is Fright Club Live, and for the first time ever, we are on Facebook Live. So howdy. <laughs> as we are doing it live from the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, our home away from home. We do this every second Wednesday of the month. It's Fright Club Live. Great crowd as always. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. We're from madwolf.com. You got to check out Hope's brand new shirt. let him see it. Night of the Living Dead. Huh? Come on in. Come on in.
0: I also bought a black yule dress by the way. So next month That's right. There were a lot of options, but there was one that said his bite is out of sight. I'm like, oh, that's me right there.
1: (laughs) That is perfect. That is perfect.
0: That's right. Red bubble.
1: So we got a fun one tonight. We kind of had to postpone it a little bit. There was a bit of a mix up, but that's all right. That's right. Everybody's excited to see our movie tonight as we talk about mutant animal horror. And it's going to be fun. But first, we want to say a big thank you. To our buddy, Dino Tropotis. That's right. Last time on Fright Club. From Whiskey Business. He's got the, a podcast, Whiskey yeah, Business, Yeah, the that Whiskey Business podcast, which is awesome. We had a great time. For the first time ever, we talked about just one movie. Yep. We talked about Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. how much we love it, and he brought a lot of good insight to it. Yeah, And he some did. good funny business, too.
0: I think so, too. Yeah, we got to be a part of kind of this big circle of podcasts, horror podcasters, who, and each one of us took one universal horror sequel. So I just want to to shout out Black Hat's Shadow, Back in Time Podcast, Dave's Pop Culture Podcast, The Terrible Terror, B Movie Bros. I think I'm forgetting people because there was more than that, so I apologize to anybody I forgot, but it was really fun to be a it part was. of it. Yeah. Um and, and uh, it's a great movie to talk about.
1: Yeah, somehow we got the best one.
0: Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for all the comments for that. Also, thank you Debbie and she's thank here tonight, you, Debbie. Debbie. Thank you Debbie for having us uh, out at the Bexley Library. We did a Halloween presentation about uh, some of the uh, great horror movies for Halloween, took some great questions, had a good time, so Debbie, thank you.
0: Yep, and just before that, actually, Pina Joe had us out to the UA library, and so we got to do the same thing. So it was really right. cool. It was a very fun thing to get a chance to do, and thanks to everybody who came and uh, and listened to us talk about horror yeah. movies. Yeah,
1: so big stuff has been happening, and actually, the, since the last time we talked, there are a couple big horror movies have opened. Suspiria. Who's seen Suspiria? Yes! And Overlord.
0: Oh, and Overlord, yeah, that's Both another... Very, very fun one. Very good. If yeah. you haven't
1: checked them out, check, we, we should. Maybe we, we could, we probably should do an entire podcast just dissecting Suspiria. Oh, we do Because there's so much to talk about. We could totally, so do, that. We to could totally do that. It's awesome. And speaking of that, we also have to, I don't know who, who, who may have seen this article that came out in Vogue magazine <laughs> uh, last week or the week before, basically that was saying, I think the headline was, where have all the good horror movies gone? Yeah. And I read this article, and it just made me more mad every time I read it, because basically the upshot of it was this year isn't as good as last year, so where have all the horror movies gone? Which I didn't understand, because last year was great. That doesn't mean this year isn't any good. Yeah,
0: you can't have Get Out every year. You can't. You can't. You can't have Get Out every year. You know, you can't have The Exorcist every year. That doesn't mean 1975 was a bad year for horror. It wasn't. It was a great year for horror. so, you know,
1: we were—we read that. It was being passed around a little bit, and, uh, yeah, it's—
0: well, we take issue Did- with almost everything she said. First of all, conveniently, so Suspiria, great movie, not a horror movie. What? what? Did you not stay for the end? <laughs> There's more blood There's in that one blood. scene than in all of Halloween. And like also a lot more. A
1: quiet place wasn't horror. What? It's a
0: monster movie. There are monsters. There are that... monsters that have ears for heads and they eat your children. <laughs> what is she watching?
1: Yeah. So it's just one of the one of the many points that uh, <laughs> just had to discount that. And it's again, it's just one year because yeah, last year was a great great year. Yeah. But. This year's pretty good, too. Also, so. I'm going to
0: say this. She says that Halloween doesn't count because it was cynically woke. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> I think that comment, saying cynically woke, ah, is...
0: All, I'm so happy for Jamie Lee Curtis because she's over 55. Don't be patronizing. Exactly. She kicked all manner of ass. It was exactly what she needed to do. Anything else wouldn't have worked. Yep. I'm with you. I know you I'm wrong.
1: with you. Don't get mad at me. We weren't too happy about that, but we are happy about uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, and we also are happy about a birthday in the crowd tonight.
0: Maya, it's your birthday. Happy,
1: happy birthday, birthday, Maya. Happy birthday, Maya. Fright Clubber Maya, thank you so much for sharing <laughs> it with us, coming to Fright Club. We appreciate that. So we're talking about mutant <clears throat> animals, we and are. we've got a great one, a funny one to watch, and it's gross, too, which is cool.
0: It's super gross, yes. <laughs> it is.
1: It's a good combination. So what, beyond being a mutant and an animal, What are the other ground rules?
0: That's really it. And there are a bunch. There are a bunch of options. uh, And there are a lot that, you know, I thought for a while would make the list. Alligator. I always liked that movie. That's a good one, you know, the alligators in the sewers. That's a fun one. Mm -hmm. And then Piranha, I just assumed, right? (laughs) Because the original Piranha. Although I do like uh, Piranha 3D, I thought that was super fun. It was. But the the more I looked into it, I mean, you know, I I shouldn't be surprised. This is a pretty common concept uh, in horror movies. And I found that. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. I really like David Cronenberg. Yeah, a great deal. he does this a lot. So he he bumped really a lot of other movies out of this list. So just FYI, um, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a fun one to put together. Yeah, you also had down the list Squirm. Oh, I love Squirm, <laughs> and I've never managed to get Squirm on a list yet. How is that possible? It's another one you hate. You he does not like Squirm. It's so great. Yeah,
1: before we turned on the Facebook Live, we were talking about just doing a podcast or movies that I hate. <laughs> Uh, that she loves. So, I don't know. That might be down the road. But um, tonight, it's Mutant Animals, and um, should we get to it? Yeah. Yeah, because we're on the clock here. We've got to start the one that we're going to watch, which is, I think, comes in at number three on our list, but we're not going to start there. We're going to start at number five. Speaking of David Cronenberg, this is his first film from 1975. The residents of a suburban high-rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites. Shivers. What are they? Raging demons from another world?
0: Bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed? Or incarnations of absolute evil? They possess men,
1: women, and children. And drive them to acts of
0: unbelievable horror. The only escape is death.
1: This picture doesn't make you scream and squirm you'd better see a psychiatrist quick <laughs> i always like it when we have 1970s horror movie voiceover guy
0: i know i love him
1: that that last one is perfect you better see a psychiatrist
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great <laughs> and i love too that every single thing he says no not true at all. It's not going to make you scream, and the, you know, unto unspeakable horror. If you haven't seen the film, what happens is a scientist uh, makes these slugs that turn you into a sex-crazed zombie, and and then the whole movie, David Cronenberg is like, "How bad would that be?" That's like the whole point of the movie, <laughs> and um, and so it's really funny. The unspeakable uh, horror. They just kind of bone a lot of people in the in the high-rise, like hot tub. It's area. gonna happen, I've, you know. Well, I don't know. It's not.
1: You know who did see this movie? Uh BBC film critic Barry Norman who called it the worst movie he'd ever seen.
0: Oh, he needs to lighten up. <laughs> That's not true at all.
1: You know what he hasn't seen? Hosu. <laughs> 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 but it was shot- this won't shock you, it was shot in 15 days. Right. Let's go. Let's get that. No, we're not going to do another take. You're, go- you're done. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Well, it's got, actually, it's got some, uh, some recognizable faces in it, Barbara Steele, for example, and then some scenes that you would immediately recognize from about 30 other movies that have stolen, because Cronenberg is a genius, um, and, and, and there are a lot of movies that you, can, that you would recognize as having sort of a, a huge fondness for this um, Slither, for example, which is a favorite of ours, which is the very first Fright Club Live we did at the Gateway Film Center. We showed the film Slither, which owes an enormous amount to this film. Sure. Um, as do a whole lot of different movies. And, it's, it's, and, and this film owes a lot to that one Star Trek episode where they're like, <laughs> we're happy, but we don't know why, and maybe we're not really happy. And then Kirk was like, so? It's like the same It's the same concept.
1: She's a Trekkie from way back, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about familiar faces. Uh, Lynn Lowry from The Crazies yes. is, is in this yes. movie. She, she's great in this Another movie. Another favorite of yeah. ours, The yeah. Crazies.
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. And what's interesting, uh, so Cronenberg made this on Almost No Money and made it in 15 days. And then he basically remade it like th- two years later as Rabid. And now the Sasuke uh, sisters going to remake that this year as Rabid. So that's kind of fun. Yes. Uh, lots of different opportunities to see basically the same film.
1: Sex craze parasites. That's right. (laughs) Never a bad thing. So that shivers number five on our list. It might be a bad mutant. Animals (laughs) moving it up to number four. This one takes place on a remote Irish farm. Uh oh. Five people become unwilling participants in an experiment that goes nightmarishly wrong. From 2005, Isolation.
0: This rate of cellular growth is off the scale. Ah! The test subjects like lab rats. Mary!
1: Come here. What have you done?
0: Help me. Oh, my God! Help me!
1: Well, if you couldn't tell from the trailer, this one has actually a great cast. Oh, crazy great cast. You've got S.E. Davis from The Babadook. Is here. You've got Ruth Nega, who was just nominated Oscar nominee for loving. for loving, and also Sean Harris, who's yeah. longtime character actor, and he's just he just played the uh, villain again in the latest Mission Impossible. Uh, so there's some strong acting talent in this movie, and it manages to make cows scary.
0: It does. <laughs> it does. So it'll really strike fear in the heart of all Ohioans um, <laughs> and people that go to Chick fil A. <laughs> no, this is a really. You know, it's funny because the storyline is not all that much different than Black Sheep. It's just that it's definitely not played for laughs. And uh, the performances are so amazingly good. And mm-hmm. then it's also, the, it's filmed in a way that's really dark, which I think helped them with a, with a, with a low budget to, to accomplish more than they might have otherwise. Because it doesn't feel like, I just can't see what's happening. It's more like, it's nighttime on a farm. And what's in that muck? I think it's a mutant cow and he's got like a big tooth in the front. Yeah, it's very, (laughs) very super creepy. Yeah,
1: and it becomes partly because of the dark darkness helps, but it becomes very claustrophobic about, you know, being stuck on this farm and out here kind of in the middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a lot like uh, the thing where everything that's going on, there's really nothing they can do about it. They're nowhere near anything. They've set themselves up in a way where they are completely isolated from everything else. And they they basically are, are facing something they don't have the wherewithal to contend with. So it's got a lot in common with that. And it's funny, I don't know if any of you have ever seen this incredibly effed up French film called Baby Blood. Watch Isolation first, but then find Baby Blood, which is super weird, but they have this one scene that's weirdly in common. Baby Blood is several years older than Isolation. It's like 15 years older. So obviously this filmmaker stole from that movie assuming no one saw it. But it's funny how... How well it plays in this. Like, it's incredibly eerie and creepy in this movie. And then when you watch the other, you're like, what's going on here? Tarantino does that a lot. He'll steal a scene from a really bad Grindhouse <laughs> film, and he'll make it genius. Yeah, uh, It's like he can see the the potential genius in these bad scenes. And this is exactly what happens in here. And it, and it has to do with Ruth Naga, who is great in this movie.
1: And what, else, what also it does better than a lot of movies that have tried it, it's kind of an ecological horror uh, type of message that in a lot of movies can come off as very heavy-handed and very awkward, and uh, this one does it better than most.
0: It absolutely does. Now, and I think that in, in uh, the majority of the mutant animal genre, it, it, it's almost always ecological horror. Grizzlies, Grizzlies 2, uh, Night of the Animals with Leslie Nielsen, of all people. <laughs> um, it's really basically that we are screwing up the environment, and so here is this mutant monster animal that's going to come and, and prove that that was a bad idea. And it's, it's true. Well, Piranha. This one does it so much better, so much more subtly and realistically. But, but almost all of it, as you say, it's, it's, it's owed to the performances. Yeah. They're so much really better than they ought to be.
1: And that is number four on our mutant animals list. Tonight's Fright Club Live. Moving it up to number three, it's the one we're going to see tonight. And we're excited about it. From 2006, an experiment in genetic engineering turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers. That terrorize a sprawling New Zealand farm in black sheep. A secret experiment has given birth to a new breed of fear.
0: Oh, my Lord!
1: Is something wrong with the sheep? Get ready
0: for the violence. trapped of the lambs the sheep are revolting i'm thanks black sheep so this is one uh we've told this story before i was watching this years ago at our house and george really dislikes the early peter jackson horror films like he leave the room hates those movies this is a new zealand splatter horror comedy it's it's clearly from it fell from a Peter Jackson tree because all New Zealand splatter horror comedies and most New Zealand films have fallen from that tree and I assume this was going to be one of those George is going to leave the house episodes. He laughed so hard and I know I said this before it was like Max Katie from from Cape Fair, just like <laughs> 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 Well, well just look at those
1: sheep I mean how can you not be laughing I mean I'm so glad we're showing it tonight because after I watched that trailer I'm, yeah I want to see it right now <laughs> It's, you know, we're not going to talk a lot about it. I know a lot of people have seen it. Some haven't, but we don't want to spoil anything. But look for, well, the Wilhelm scream, of course, has to be in here. So it is. It's about an hour in. And then about um, an hour, about the same time, about an hour in, the guy who is pulled down by a sheep while trying to find his car keys is the director. Okay. uh, Jonathan King. So other than that... um, We should maybe just
0: move on. Move on, and yeah, we'll let you discover it yourselves. The
1: hilarity here in a few. So that's number three. Moving it up to number two on our list. uh, It's from 2006. A monster emerges from Seoul's Han River and focuses its attention on attacking people. It's the host.
0: It's a trailer with stingers. Yeah. (laughs) You just have to just wait. So uh, Juno Bong is a genius. And you should see every movie that he makes, every single one. Snowpiercer is him, Okja is oh, him, yeah. Memory of a Murder is yeah. him, and then my favorite is is the host. And it, part of it is because the opening scene plays to me like a Cronenberg movie. And then the, one of the other reasons that I love this, first of all, uh, the effects are amazing. Uh, the monster looks outstanding. But also that on the set they referred to the monster as Steve Buscemi. Which is, yeah, which is weird, but especially if you think about the fact that it's a Korean film. Like, I find it super weird. <laughs> well,
1: apparently they did that not only on his just usual persona, but specifically for his character in Fargo.
0: <laughs>
1: they were infatuated with that. And he not only directed the movie, he, he designed all the creature's movements and was really, really instrumental in, in getting with the designer of the creature to, to get it to look and to move just right. And he compared it with directing an actor. And it, you, it really pays off. Oh, yeah. It's because,
0: incredibly impressive. Yeah. So a U.S. military base, they pour all of this dusty old chemicals down the drain. And uh, they go into the Han River and they turn um, some squid into Steve Buscemi. And then he jumps out. He runs amok and he chases off this, the, the, the daughter of this sort of sad sack snack shack worker, yeah, and that's another thing about the movie that's amazing that I love is that then it just follows uh, the dad and his weird bickering family as they try to retrieve this little girl, and they go to like Red Cross checkpoints, and they go to these military checkpoints, and they just they can't stand each other. It's it's <laughs> it's a lot of times Korean horror films can be weirdly funny. Yeah. Uh, humor doesn't always translate that well from one nation or culture to the next. And, and and in this case, it's really refreshing. It makes for a fascinating, off-kilter way to approach a kind of a film that you, in some ways, have maybe seen before.
1: Yeah, and it also becomes a—it really gets the audience involved in it. I mean, yeah. the, as you could tell from the reaction when we brought it on here, people love this movie. Mm-hmm. I think as of just a few years ago, it was still the highest-grossing film in South Korea. I mean, it, it just went crazy, people, people loving this film. Because yeah. it's so, it's not just a monster movie, it is a monster movie, but it's, it's so well done. It is so well done, for a and monster it's fun. Movie. And yeah. it's
0: also, um, and it doesn't spoon feed you anything, and, and it's sad. It's really, really sad at some points.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and the creature is a good payoff. Yeah. Because when you have a monster, I mean, the creature has to look good. Right. Uh, or else, and I'm looking at you, Godzilla, uh, some of the new Godzillas. Uh, Doesn't really uh, live up to it But this one does And uh, it's number two On our list tonight The host from 2006 And uh, we're on the clock So let's get to Number one From 1986 What else could it be A brilliant But eccentric scientist Begins to transform Into Brundle fly It's the fly There is a limit Even
0: to the imagination Something went wrong Seth When you went through Something went wrong Oh no What's happening to me Am I dying Oh no, a fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Help me. Please, help me.
1: I know you're wondering the fly's regurgitation was made from honey, eggs, and milk.
0: I was wondering. I've been curious all this time.
1: (laughs) That's uh, David body horror Cronenberg in all all his glory there. Man, I remember seeing it the first time in the theater when he, you know, in the bathroom and he's looking in the mirror and just pulling his ears off and stuff. You're Like, oh, my God. Because at the time, you know, those types of effects were like, whoa. Well, and they were still,
0: because it's Cronenberg, they were practical effects. Yeah. So it's not like he went with CGI, which would have dated poorly anyway. (laughs) One of my favorite things about this movie is just the matching mullets. When the two of them, are, when Gina Davis and, and Jeff Goldblum were walking together, you're like, you're like a dude chick version of the same person, same mullets. I love yeah, that. Yeah, because they were dating at the time. They were dating at the time. Yeah.
1: And uh, it's, it started, did this movie kind of start the legend of Goldblum, maybe?
0: I, I think it may have, yeah. A little bit that still continues so.
1: today. And another funny thing about this movie is um, one of the producers was Mel Brooks. <laughs> and he wanted to keep his kind of name off of it because people would, you know, associate comedy. With that, with Mel Brooks, but uh, yeah, he was definitely involved in getting it. to I don't see the Cronenberg screen. making a comedy.
0: I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a sense of humor.
1: Whoa! No, I well, love
0: him, but he's not a funny guy. If you're
1: out there, David, that's a challenge. That's right. We Call want to see us. some. <laughs> yeah, but at times, I think in full regalia, he's wearing. Jeff Goldin was wearing as much as five pounds of prosthetics.
0: You know, and I love Cronenberg, and I love his adaptation. I, I enjoy the Vincent Price version, but obviously it's, it's, it bears very little resemblance to this film. Right. But the whole movie, uh, it lives or dies on Jeff Goldblum's performance. Oh, yeah. and he is so sympathetic. You just love him. And, and as he turns vicious, as like the fly personality makes him a mean person, it's the saddest thing to watch. And then at the end, of course, when he just wants you, you know, to kill him, yeah. it's really it's a very emotional film. And, and as much as I love Cronenberg movies, all of them, they're not emotional films. It's not something that he has done very well. The the films tend to be so sterile, but because Goldblum's performance is is so um empathetic, I think this movie has a heart that a lot of the other Cronenberg films don't.
1: And you know, what I find interesting as well, we've talked when we've talked before about Night of the Living Dead, we've talked about how George Romero has said that, you know, casting an African American man in the lead, he didn't he wasn't really going for anything political there, which we've kind of doubted, but a uh, cronenberg has said at the time because at the time this movie came out it was immediately seen at, by some as a cultural metaphor for aids sure. which was just and at the time he said he didn't really understand that which i find hard to believe because if you think back to what was going on in in the world you know in terms of the aids uh, crisis during in 1986 it seems very an easy jump to make to get there.
0: I think so too. On the other hand, I think that you can say that about almost any movie he had made up until then. Mm. So you can certainly say you can definitely say that about Shivers. Oh my God, Shivers is probably the best metaphor for AIDS in 1975 well, I was that ever say, happened. It's
1: 1975, right? So. Well,
0: what I'm saying is though, and then he made almost the same movie with Rabbit. Uh, so many of his films are about body horror and contagion and metamorphosis based on that, that I feel like The Fly was like more of a, a logical next step for him mm. so that he could really become a more mainstream director. Um, it certainly worked, as a, especially in that era, as a great metaphor for AIDS, which almost every horror film that came out in 1986 was in one way or another. But I, I can see, I believe more that mm. he didn't do it on purpose.
1: Well, regardless, it did lead to that great Simpsons episode where Homer... <laughs> Had the teleport, and he used it to try to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it all comes back to The Simpsons, doesn't it? But it's a, it's a great movie, and that is why it's number one on our list of mutant animals countdown tonight. And uh, that leads us to getting out of here and getting ready for Black Sheep, which we're going to see in just a few minutes. But we've got to talk about, in fact, I think it was uh, d Zach was asking us about next month.
0: That's right, because he's not coming. And so just to make him sad, we're going to show Man Bites Dog, which is a glorious black and white film. Such a great movie. Such a great yeah. movie. I'm so excited to see it on a big screen. And we're going to talk about movies from the mind of the madman.
1: Ooh. Okay. Look forward to that. Between now and then, you can hit us up, as always, on social media. Find us at Fright Club Pod, is on the Twitter, the Twitter sphere.
0: You know, what I want to say really quickly because say it. I have the feeling that I get credit for this, and I should not. If you, if you do follow Fright Club Pod on Twitter and you, you like the Fright of the Day, and you have erroneously assumed that that's me, that's him. All day yeah, long, that's him. I gotta earn my keep that's right. somehow. That's right.
1: And you can also find us as everybody on Facebook Live is doing. We're Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and on Instagram, and uh, everybody on Facebook Live. Thank you, and thank you to John Dean for thank holding you, John the camera. Dean. We appreciate that. So get happy a happy ho- birthday, Maya. Happy birthday to Maya. Thank you for coming out. Uh, we hope to see you next time, next month. Uh, this podcast, once we get it all edited down, should be out in just a few days. You can find it at madwolf.com and also to the fine folks at Golden Spiral Media. Uh, get the podcast on for us. So, and you know uh, what
0: else you can do? You can find us every single week reviewing all of the movies that come out each week and talking about everything that's new in home entertainment on Screening Room Podcast. Yeah, that's our but other you podcast. You get every place you find podcasts. Exactly
1: right. So we've got a lot going on. And thank you for being a part of it. So uh, until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay right, boy.